Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mackie and Judd uh, from the State Fair, right by the grandstand, if you want to come by, drop by and say hi on this rainy uh, Friday, is actually Zolgat and Collar today. And uh, James Murphy, why don't you go ahead and fire up the football sounder, because we're about to break it down right now. Football! Football, yeah! Football! Football, Sam... Sam Munson, Pro Football Focus. No, nobody digests the meat and potatoes of football like Sam. What's going on, Sam? How's, how are you today? Doing good. How are you guys? We are a little bit wet, but fantastic. Uh, let's start you off with this one. Uh, the Vikings defense is obviously coming off an outstanding season in which they led the league in scoring defense and also total defense. What is your expectation uh, for this team in uh, 2018 now, and uh, how do you think the addition of uh, George Iloka at safety might change things and or even improve things for a defense that's already very good? Yeah, I think I think the defense is going to be primed for another really big year. You know, the Mike Zimmer was, has always been able to consistently create quality defenses. I think his Vikings defenses have been even better than his, his Cincinnati ones were. Um, the talent level is higher. I think he's got more quality players um, and they're being locked down long term. I think he's got a lot of good components in the building that are going to be there for, for time to come. Um, Iloka, I think, is a, a good addition. He's a, a decent starting safety and the Vikings don't need him to start. They're going to bring him in essentially as cover or a guy that can you know, challenge for some playing time and some sub packages or that kind of thing. But by and large, he's he's an addition, a depth addition that they were able to get for an extremely reasonable amount of money because he's got that connection to to Mike Zimmer because the the history between the two of them. So I think that's a a really shrewd piece of business, and it kind of buys the Vikings a little bit of contingency. You know, a lot of times um, the teams that go far into January playoff football, the teams that are challenging for Super Bowl are the teams that get lucky when it comes to injuries. And if you can't get lucky from because or if you can't get lucky when it comes to injuries, at least you can do is get yourself a bit of contingency, a bit of backup plan, plan B in place. And I think that's what the Vikings did with uh, Iloka. Sam, I, I think that Iloka opens up Harrison Smith to do a lot of interesting things too. I was using the pro football focus statistics package to look into all the different Sorry, guys, places. I'm having trouble hearing you. I can't, uh, I can't hear the questions at the moment. Oh, sorry. Do you, do you got us now, Sam? You're very faint. I can barely hear you. Oh, uh, maybe, James, if there's a way to, to turn us up a little bit. Um, Sam, if, if you've got me, I'm, I'm curious about the different ways that the Vikings can use Harrison Smith now that they have George Iloka. 
Yeah, I think one of the benefits to Harrison Smith is that he is a complete safety. He can play in any defensive scheme. I've said before that I think he's the guy that actually makes that defense tick because the Vikings under Zimmer, they like to run a lot of different coverages. They'll skip between cover two, quarters coverage, cover six, this cover, cover, or uh, quarter, quarter, half look in the secondary, um, or they'll run between one single high safety or, or two safeties. And Harrison Smith is the, the guy that allows him to do all that because he can play any of those safety roles. And it means that no matter what they want to call on a given play, they know that they've got this chess piece that can move around and enable everybody to get in the right position because you've got one guy that can be the Swiss Army knife. So yeah, I think Harrison Smith is always the linchpin within that secondary because he's the guy that can play in any different, any type of defense they want to run. He's the one that could move around and make it happen. So regardless of whether the other starting safety becomes Sendejo or um, or Iloka, I think Harrison Smith is the key to that whole unit. Hey, Sam, uh, g- given their play in 2017 and the fact that, that they are a banged-up uh, core right now, what should be the level of concern as we get closer to September 9th about the Vikings' offensive line? Yeah, I think that's this team's biggest question mark heading into the season. It was... Um, it was a much better unit a season ago than it was the year before that, but it, it, it wasn't good. And it, even when it was at its best, it was extremely thin. It didn't have any kind of depth. And as soon as the Vikings had to go into the bench late in the season, that's when the whole thing completely fell apart and the real problems started to arise in the playoffs. They just couldn't deal with the, the better defensive fronts that they were facing. The Saints were almost able to finish them off with some incredible uh, pass rushing up front from Cameron Jordan, amongst others. And then the Eagles' defensive front just completely destroyed uh, the offensive line. I think Case Keenan was under pressure 48% of his dropbacks in that game, which is just basically an unmanageable level. You know, if you're up near 50%, the quarterback essentially has no shot of playing in the game. Um, so offensive line play in the NFL today is all about how bad your weakest link is. And if you have a weakest link that's going to get exposed all the way through the game, it can completely derail a game plan. So, you know, the Vikings, I think they've got the personnel in place to have an okay offensive line if everybody's healthy. Again, their problem, though, is going to be what happens if they're forced into the bench, if they're forced to bring on some of these guys that have proven to be not up to that standard. And that's where they may run into some issues. So, Sam, I think the one assumption about this line is that Reef at left tackle is solid. Uh, from your perspective and all the film that you go through and the grades that you assign, uh, give, me, give me what you think is the proper perception and or reality of, of Reef. Because Collar and I have discussed this, and he's brought up the fact that, that Riley's play in the second half of last year actually uh, descended quite a bit. Is Riley Reef a solid National Football League left tackle? Or are, are the Vikings, in your mind, a little too comfortable with what he brings there? I think over his career, he has been a solid left tackle. Um, I think his kind of baseline over his entire career has basically been a, an average starting left tackle, maybe a little bit better than that when it comes to run blocking, a little bit worse than that when it comes to pass protection. But last season was, I think, by far the worst season of his career um, for the Vikings. And the second half of the season in particular was – it was terrible. It was He got poor PFF grades basically in every single week from week 10 onwards. The Washington game onwards, he got um, a negative grade from us every single game. And if anything, it was getting worse as the season went on. 
Now, I don't know if he um, had an injury that he started carrying late in that season that really um, hampered his performance, but the player we saw last year uh, does not live up to the player that we've seen over the, the previous kind of five seasons of his career. I think he is a better player than that inherently. So in theory, you know, you would you could expect Riley Reeve to bounce back after that season. You know, this is this is a guy who has been a much better player over his career than he showed last year. Yeah, Sam, uh, he was battling an injury toward the second half of the season. That was one of the things that we talked about is if he gets banged up, there can uh, definitely be an issue there at left tackle. When you look at the NFC, uh, I think that it's just perfect for Vikings fans that they finally have a year where they feel like the roster is super stacked and they know who their quarterback is. And then you look around the NFC and, oh, yeah, all the rest of the teams are also stacked. So how are we supposed to kind of put the Vikings up against these other NFC teams like the Rams, like the Saints, to try to figure out which direction this could go with the NFC being so tough? Yeah, I think that's the, that's the big challenge for a team like Minnesota is that the NFC this year looks absolutely stacked, and it was the same case last season. So the Vikings have gotten good at, at, at a time where a lot of other teams have gotten really good. The Eagles, obviously Super Bowl champions, they look in remarkably good shape when it comes to the roster uh, coming off a of Super Bowl. You know, you, you didn't have this hemorrhaging of talent that usually happens. Even just last night in the preseason game, you look at their defensive uh, defensive line, Death is just absurd. The guys that have no shot of making that roster are good quality pass rushing players. Um, so, you know, the Eagles are stacked. The Saints aren't going anywhere. I think you could easily make a case that, you know, seven or eight of the top nine or ten teams in the entire league are all in the NFC. I think the NFC is going to be an absolute battle amongst all of these playoff contending teams. Um, and it's a much stronger conference right now than the AFC is. So the Vikings are, in a way, they're really well positioned because they have this pretty good-looking roster. They've got a team with a lot of pieces in place, but the the NFC could be an absolute bloodbath this year. Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus joining me, Matthew Collar, and Judd Zolgad. Let me circle back quick to the offensive line, Sam, and how much – does a poor offensive line impact quarterbacks? I imagine the answer is different for everyone. Russell Wilson might be able to survive. How does Kirk Cousins react when he does not have everything perfect up front? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question because um, when we've been running the data, the analytics on how that kind of thing affects quarterbacks, pressure, uh, how quarterbacks perform, from a clean pocket is far more predictive and far more stable than how they perform when they're under pressure. Um, you know, typically that's it's it's much more predictive year to year than how guys do under pressure, which can fluctuate wildly. Sometimes guys can have fantastic seasons under pressure. Sometimes it can it, it swings dramatically and it's it's disastrous. Um, so you've got to bear in mind right off the bat that it's just more, it's less of a predictive thing. Guys can fluctuate wildly. But I think Kirk Cousins has typically been a player that has been really, really good when he's been kept clean. You know, if you are able to protect him in the pocket, his passer rating is usually way up over 100, um, and that's when he's at his absolute best. When he, when he has been under pressure, he's been one of the quarterbacks whose performance I think has slipped the most, or he typically struggles more than other quarterbacks when he is put under pressure. Um, and inherently, he's a player, I think, that is more of a, high-variance kind of passer than the guys that have been the Vikings quarterbacks over the past couple of years, whether it's Bradford, whether it was Keenum last year. 
Um, you're going to get more, I think, big high-end plays. He's capable of making more sort of splash plays, these big-time throws down the field that can potentially win you games that you won't get if you're more conservative or if you're more of a game-managing quarterback. The flip side to that is he's going to make more mistakes than those guys as well. He's going to put the ball in harm's way more, um, and he's going to, I think, create more turnovers than those guys because of that. So, yeah, the, the Kirk Cousins thing behind that offensive line and really in that Minnesota offense is going to be one of the, the most fascinating storylines to watch in the entire season because it, it's such an interesting uh, marriage between Cousins and that offense. It's a marriage that in some ways is perfect. It could potentially push them over the hump and give them a quarterback that's capable of winning them games that a guy like Keenum or Bradford weren't necessarily able to do, but it could come at the cost of creating more problems and, and maybe digging themselves a hole that's deeper than those guys would have to begin with. Okay, Sam, we had a 5 nothing game last night in the preseason. I want you to give me a prediction for the most random and goofy and stupid preseason thing that could happen tonight between the Vikings and Seahawks. Yeah, 5 nil game is a uh, 5-0 game is some pretty 5 nil is fine, Sam. I like 5 nil more. Playing, I was actually on either side of a 2-0 game. So <laughs> anytime you can get a 2-0 game, I think you're that's when you know you're hitting the good stuff. Now, I said because Chad Beebe, Don Beebe's son, is in the game, I think that we'll have one of those fumbles that goes out of the back of the end zone as a touchback, you know, as a guy's running for a touchdown. That's, that's my goofy prediction. But, uh, Sam, thanks for those popping are, on. Yeah, those, are, you, Sam. those are horrible plays. I, hate, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't even like looking at those plays. They, <laughs> it's just such a huge swing in a game. It's eye-gouging. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Take it bye, easy. Bye. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.